Metricast. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Hold on to your butt. Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. Oh, you want to fight? You want to fight? Now, do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. You don't know anybody named Iris? I don't know nobody named Iris. Can I have a piece of toast? I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Western demands. How could you do this to me? Really, I want to know. Why did you do that? What you feel only matters to you. Step back for one minute and look at the big picture. And that's all. No, no, not for the real fire. The orphans bond a family that very few can understand. Help me! Help you. <laughs> I don't do drugs. Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I am your co-host Iris. I am here with my older brother, Wesley. Today we are talking Amazon original film, Brittany Runs a Marathon. Brittany Runs a Marathon came out in 2019. It was acquired by Amazon under Ted Hope's leadership and is about, what is Brittany Runs a Marathon about, Wes? It's about um, Brittany running um, a marathon. So speaking of which, on Amazon Prime, the opening of the synopsis for Brittany Runs a Marathon Hilarious and outgoing, Brittany Forgler is everybody's best friend, except her own. <laughs> Read with not a hint of sarcasm or contempt. I made a comment when we were reviewing The Banker that The Banker was an important film because it was made about people living the black experience, a black experience, without being the famous of the famous. And how it's been a fault of Hollywood that you had to be the best of the best in order to have a story about you if you were black. Whereas if you were white, you could run a marathon and get a movie. Well, you can run a marathon. Let's break it down. Was Britney, she was outgoing. I'll give you that. Was Britney hilarious? She sure thought she was. Because I didn't laugh once. Yeah, but you're all stone-faced and cold about comedy in general. Was she everybody's best friend? She was that one chick's best friend in the who in the club. the cl- The chick in the club was like, "Brittany, you're the funniest person I know." Gretchen, who she was the opposite of friends with at the end of the movie. Well, yeah, no, Gretchen was the roommate chick who was yes. The idea is that Brittany was their lovable, fat, funny friend who they didn't really care about. So obviously, this movie wasn't just about whether or not Brittany runs and completes the marathon, but this was about her journey from being the person she was at the beginning to the person she was on the start line of the marathon or at the finish of the marathon. Spoiler, she does finish the marathon. (laughs) Well, I mean, they suggest as much when it says that she runs a marathon. Well, Colbert asked her, does Brittany finish the marathon? And she says, well, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. She said that a couple of times to a couple of different interviewers. Oh, suspense. 
because it almost seems like she wasn't going to run the marathon. It's really hard, the idea that she was going to and, and do it with her friends, but her friends couldn't be bothered to run it the second year because they already did it and they got their medals. So Brittany's <laughs> on her own for that one. Well, the cramp and stuff was just all unnecessary. Like, it didn't matter. I wasn't in suspense whether or not she was going to finish it because it wasn't about finishing it anyways. It's about it's about transforming yourself. And crossing the finish line doesn't magically make you someone that you're not. And that's exactly what Jillian Bell said in interviews. Yes, they become people that they're not. And we wanted this movie to show the ups and downs of what becoming a different person, either physically or otherwise is about and that it's not all all of a sudden you're a bad person and then you're a good person. I'm not saying that Brittany is a bad person. I'm saying Brittany is a mean person. You think Brittany is mean? I'm going to go with Brittany was really mean. She never helps anyone throughout the entire course of the movie. She says she's going to buy drinks for everyone in the room. And then someone says, don't listen to that girl. She has no money. And it's true. She's flat broke as she tells mincing maggie or whatever later what was her name money bags martha she gives that kid a funny look on the street and otherwise is never kind or nice to anyone she allows people to help her because she's in a terrible place she's fat and fat means unhappy and fat means that you can act out and it wasn't just i'm masking my pain by trying to be funny because she wasn't funny but rather when she's joking around and saying, why are you calling me Brittany when my name is clearly Babe? And she has tape on her nose and she keeps doing the accent and she's singing at people and talking crap about this play that she's hang- handing out the programs to. And then her coworker comes correct and is like, Brittany, this is not about your personality. You're late for work every day. And all of us have to clean up after you and carry you. So that you can be this way and you want her to be, you want her to, you want to be inspired by her. And yeah, she's having a tough time and she's sobbing on the floor so that Moneybags Martha has to come in and console her and strike up a friendship. But give me something to latch onto that's not just a physical transformation because that's not what they're trying to make this, right? It's not about her weight loss journey. It's about her self-actualizing, self-realizing her potential. I didn't like her. Well, just because her humor didn't work for her doesn't mean that it wasn't important. I mean, it was masking her own self-loathing and her own depression, but it was also what she used to find connection with people. And just because it didn't land for you, it didn't work for you, doesn't mean that it was an important story point about the two sides of the coin of self-loathing and self-absorption. I mean, maybe... Her humor was supposed to land. I think you were supposed to think that she was funny. But I think on a deeper level, the humor was supposed to convey the kind of pain that she was in. I mean, I, it's hard for me to relate because I, if I relate to anyone in this movie, it's Gretchen, who is just naturally attractive. And if I do too much cardio, I get too skinny too fast. And so it's hard for me to give credence or importance, lend weight to her weight loss. And to this see is exactly her, the kind of humor I'm talking about. This is it too dry? Was is my sarcasm under the radar? That was Britney humor. <laughs> I never said I was likable. The difference is I stay away from other people and don't pretend to be the life of the party and don't maintain British accents all the time or Australian or whatever else it is. Well, just because you're not an outgoing person doesn't mean you should judge Britney for it. 
um, Kelly said about this movie that she didn't think at the end, I didn't think this was a comedy. She said it was more of a drama about what she was going through as a person. And I found it inspirational is what Kelly said. Well, I think that's part of the filmmaking goal. Yeah. Well, I agreed with her. It definitely wasn't a comedy because it wasn't funny. And ironic, and maybe it's just a testament to the acting because Jillian Bell, for all the interviews I've seen, actually seems funny and charming. It sounds like you did some research. So was it a fat suit? Um, so I was convinced, and she said, Jillian Bell asserts that she lost 40 pounds for this role. Super admirable. I've long had it in my head, the idea of real physical transformations that aren't just tangentially related to the story. Robert De Niro losing 50 pounds, 60 pounds to play Raging Bull. Um, Christian Bale losing and gaining dramatic amounts of weights for whatever comes down the pipe for whatever his manager hand, hands him. He's like, I'm going to drop 75 for this one, whatever the case. Um, yeah, so it's really good and it's real dedication. It's like Tom Hanks level dedication for Jillian Bell to drop a considerable amount of weight. Still, those. In Castaway? Uh huh. So these facial facial prostheses that she was wearing at the top, pretty harsh, pretty bad, especially since she was running and her entire face would be flushed except for the big, big chipmunk cheeks. As a person who has struggled with weight all of my life, the fat Brittany was was really fat in the face, like weird owl fat fat. And so it didn't look exactly realistic. They also had stages of fat suits that she was in. But still, in order to slim down, she lost weight for the role, which is admirable. It sucks that she did it for what I feel was not a super strong movie shot on crappy digital video. But it works for people. It won the Audience Award at uh, Sundance. And critics love it. I think it's a relatable story. Relatable, absolutely. Maybe not on a high-frequency, cinematic excellence kind of way, but in a relatable way, in a way that does appeal to some comic comedy sensibilities. I could totally see why it would work for people, even a snobby Sundance crowd. Well, let me ask you this. Was this movie relatable to New Yorkers? I mean, not being a New Yorker myself... I don't know that I could speak to that, but it sure seemed to appeal to the New York sensibility. Everybody was kind of mean, right? I don't know. Everyone just felt super hard to me. And self-absorbed. I can see. Yeah. Um, and, and so I didn't know if I wasn't, if the humor was bouncing off of me because it's an, a brusque New York style of humor. I thought that Jaren was kind of a jerk and wasn't nice and wasn't responsible, was kind of useless as a person, crashing those people's houses and had terrible business sense and was dismissive of Brittany. And and then all of a sudden she loves him. And I felt like he wasn't a good person. Maybe they were made for each other. Um, I felt that the Seth character, the best friend, was thoroughly unrealistic. He was well fit and certainly in better shape than Brittany was, but looked like he was dying when they were running. And that was like, no, really? Like, are you having that hard a time? It felt like it was all played up in a very convenient, heightened sense. It's as if Brittany experiences surprise, and then we do a tight on her eyes, and her eyes widening, and her pupils dilating, and it felt student filmmaker-ish. In what world are all these characters supposed to be likable? I mean, if you don't even consider this a comedy, why would you expect that you need to like these people? Because you have to. 
Otherwise, you don't care whether she runs a marathon. You don't care whether she finds love or she finds a place or that she ever is able to stand up to her superficial, jerky Asian roommate. I mean, you want to root for her. And it's like they never extended that olive branch at all. I think the only truth told in any line by any of these characters in the movie was when Gretchen says to her, in no uncertain terms, don't throw out your fat clothes, because even if you don't gain the weight back inside, you'll always be the same fat girl. You think that's true? Yeah, I think that's true. And that resonated. Everything else, from sentiment to delivery, felt off. I'm trying to think of a movie where I didn't like people, and what comes to mind is Knives Out, which I gave a boring and you gave a totally. And my problem was I didn't like the nurse chick... And therefore, I didn't care that she was vindicated and that the truth was revealed. I mean, I didn't hate these people. And maybe I accepted them for being a little bit more rough around the edges because they were in New York. But I, it really didn't prohibit me from rooting for these people or rooting for Brittany. And that's telling because still, in the end, I was rooting for Brittany. Even before she got to the finish line, from mile one, I was still a little bit emotional that she was running the stupid marathon, which neither Jillian Bell nor myself have any intention of ever actually doing. There are many other ways to get in shape, and I get that this insurmountable goal of 26-plus miles seems like a real proving ground. It seems like something cinematically which would legitimize your weight loss and fitness journey is just not good for you. Like the thing where people keel over and die and and where people have to take an ice bath and people shit all over themselves. Maybe a marathon, oh, see, now what I'm doing is I'm trashing marathons to a runner. You love, (laughs) Brittany runs a marathon because you love running. Well, Brittany runs a marathon came out in January 2019 and I was at Sundance and was hearing great buzz and pregnant with Aurelia and almost incapacitated, like <laughs> limping around with sciatica and dreaming about running. Yeah, you're, I was like, you're going to Sundance in like when you're nine and a half months pregnant? <laughs> I wasn't that pregnant, but I was pretty pregnant. And all I wanted to do was feel strong and feel like I was capable, uh, not only physically, but in other areas of my life. So I was just trying to like people. And I didn't. The only person that I really liked from the outset and sustained was Demetrius, the little Ray Howery character. And maybe that's because he played the same role that he did in Get Out, right? He's just the advisor and the comic relief and the and the funny guy uh, on Skype or on the phone or whatever. Well, he's also he's also the nice guy, and he's also the guy who is not afraid to speak up to Brittany when she's unbelievably irresponsibly rude to their party guests. Right. I I don't understand because it's not as though I have not been in Britney's shoes. It's the complete opposite of how one would act. Being knowledgeable of that scenario, she played it off as being drunk, but still alcohol, if anything, amplifies the personality traits you attempt to conceal. Ask Mel Gibson. For her to be that mean and cruel when she was already well through her fitness journey felt not fat person-y, which suggested that if that's who Brittany was, she was at heart a mean person. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. 
Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electricast. What is fat person-y? Fat person-y is using the humor to conceal the sadness and the tears of a clown and all that stuff. But you're still a decent person because you're you either go decent because you're tired of being stepped on or you go bitter because you've been stepped on so much. But if you already have the deficiency of being overweight, being an overweight shit doesn't help you any. I agree. And it's self it's probably self-sabotaging. But I think that when you're in pain or when you are lost or when you're lonely, you get a pass for being self-absorbed. Like you need to focus on yourself. In fact, if you're not, then you're being irresponsible. Right. You need to focus on yourself, not focus your ire on other people. Go home, close the door, be sad. What you feel only matters to you. And there, it's unforgivable that she should lash out at that poor lady who took it in stride but didn't forgive her and was like, I understand your pain, and now we're fat besties, at least in spirit, because you're not fat anymore. No, she was like, thanks for the flowers. I understand your pain. Peace out, because that doesn't give you any excuse. No, it doesn't give her a pass for being unacceptably rude. But Brittany expressing her pain, at least to her friends, is a very acceptable way of processing what it is that you're going through. Not everybody goes behind a closed door to figure stuff out. Oh, for sure. And and not to discount Brittany's pain because she's in a bad place. Unfortunately, I do disagree with Jillian Bell that this journey that she goes through in weight loss isn't supposed to make her a better person because I think that's exactly what it does. Not just conceptually because that's exactly what the movie attempted to portray, but also practically speaking, it gives you the confidence to be able to look people in the eye and to be able to do things that you were afraid to do before because of being judged. No matter what, it's going to make you a more enabled person. But in order to excise those demons, in order to expel that pain, to be able to talk to somebody about it is great. These are not conversations that I've ever wanted to have. But to each their own, because I've also never been the person to volunteer around at the bar or to go to the bar or to do all the pot <laughs> or to blaze or to do ecstasy or whatever she did with Gretchen that made her puke. I'm not really sure. But there was some truth to the doctor saying, you know, okay, well, you feel down. And she was looking, actively looking for drugs. She's like, please give me Adderall. And he's like, no. Do you live a healthy lifestyle? And then we cut to her doing drugs and being drunk and unruly. She was angry at the doctor for his practical diagnosis. And insulting. Right. But the lady said to Brittany, I think about my weight every day, which is absolutely a true story. Brittany does, too. Nothing he said should have been shocking. The extent to which she acted out and retaliated and, and went after him and insulted him was just not fat person. Well, maybe it was because he, like the gym guy, I feel like the doctor and the gym guy just spoke kind of plain, practical and impartial truth. And because they didn't tailor it at all to her, it was offensive to her. It may not 
be a shocker, but like for someone to deliver it plainly, impartially, and factually, maybe that was hard for her because there's nothing for her to reject about it. It's possible. But Jim Guy in particular, she was reacting implausibly to an implausible dialogue scenario. I mean, people just don't talk the way that they talk, not even in New York, sorry. He said, and I quote, for the fee of $125 a month, you have access to everything in the gym except half of it. No one says that. That's impractical, unrealistic dialogue. It was a sales tactic that was, I mean, yeah, they were making fun of a sales tactic, and perhaps it was unnatural the way he was speaking, but... If you run on the streets in New York, I would venture to say, and anywhere else, especially if you're a chunkster, people are going to get out of your way. People don't look up if you're running at them and be like, oh, excuse you, like you burst through a crowd of dudes. Everyone gets out of your way. Not the chick with the double stroller, because you get right away. I don't know. (laughs) I have to suppress the urge every time when they're loading onto the plane to run up and boot those strollers out of the way. Be like, you load last and you load into cargo. Wow. Well, maybe I'm acting out. Says the uncle of two girls. Yeah, says the the overweight uncle who wants to get on the plane and is tired of standing up because my legs hurt because I'm fat and I don't want some kids who are already sitting down to get to sit down first. That's ridiculous. So what were they doing, her and Jaren, to give them a love nest? Were they dog sitting? Were they house sitting? Yes. They were house sitting for people who had penthouses who never came home? Correct. It was but probably, they lived there. Well, it was probably their city home. Rich people in New York do that. How old are you? She said. 30, 35, somewhere in there. Unrealistic dialogue. Everything was exaggerated for comedic effect that didn't work. They sat down after their 5K, and I'm not kidding you, ordered a large cheese pizza And then she threw in, and the appetizer trio, too? Nobody does that. They literally serve pizza at the finish line. Not a large cheese pizza and the appetizer trio. You just got done running a 5K. You're on the endorphin high, and you're feeling good. Nobody sabotages themselves like that. That, If you're ever going to order the salad and eschew the pizza, that's the time. I disagree. That's the time where you have accomplished your goal, and you throw all kinds of regiment and caution to the wind and you enjoy yourself and if cheese pizza is what will do it for you then that's what you do but then Catherine shows up and they're all like guilty about it are you just going down your list of complaints yes i wrote down things that annoyed me and then i ran out of room and so now i'm jumping around because i had to write them in the margins why do you say that you love movies Because I do. And when movies, it's like I love babies. And then if you pick up a baby and it immediately craps on you, you're like, oh, I'm disappointed because I love babies and I just got crapped on. Crapping is natural. Imperfect movies happen. Yeah, imperfect movies happen. And then despite the fact that I had to build up my resistance to it all the way through, at the end, she runs her stupid marathon and I felt it. And I was like, you can do it, Brittany. Hate it. You hated that you felt it? Yeah. I thought that's what you watch movies for. No, it is. And so ultimately, I found it inspirational, even though it wasn't funny. What was inspirational about it? I don't know. Being fat and running the stupid thing. I don't know. 
I mean, I, I was all emotional, too, when the Biggest Loser contestants would cross the finish line of their marathon. And Ron is super fat, and he has to walk with a cane as it is. And everybody had finished their stupid marathon, even though the time was like 9 hours and 45 minutes or whatever. And it's all dark, and, and they play the dramatic music, and everyone's huddling in their Biggest Loser hoodies on the beach. And all of a sudden, the sirens, the, the flashing lights of the police cars crest a hill, and, and Ron is trucking along in the dark with his cane and crosses the finish line and swings watts down the tape with his cane even though the tape was already down they put it back up just for ron and he swats it with the cane and it's the middle of the night and there's like the sea mist and like all the paramedics and the police cars the sirens are going nuts and it's reflecting off the mist so it looks all dramatic and everybody cries and hugs him yeah man so you're bitter and recalcitrant because you feel like you were manipulated to feel something hang on recal how do you spell that um, I don't know. It was fine. I understand why it won awards that it did and why it got such high critical reviews. I don't agree with it in some respects because I think it was a poorly made movie that ultimately had an inspirational message. So what are you going to give it? I'm going to give it a whatever. I think that the movie achieved its goal. It wasn't a bad movie. It just was a ham-handed amateur movie didn't feel particularly believable, namely the realism of, of a very real problem and sentiment in a movie where you don't really get the sense, except as a comedic convention. She's fat, and everybody's in her way, and she sees herself all distorted in the hot dog cart, and this thin guy who doesn't care and is dismissive of her and doesn't have his life together is in the same boat that she's in is displaced and doesn't understand and then they inexplicably find love even though they're both shitty people and well i hate to break it to you but there are lots of shitty people in this world living less than perfect lives who continue to live their less than perfect lives without really giving a rip about what you think about them or how appropriate they would be as movie characters. I mean, except Brittany really would care, really would care what I think about. And there are definitely thousands of movies about antiheroes, about people who don't need to be moral compasses for the viewer, who aren't on screen for me. But hopefully, those people are represented by better filmmakers than the team behind. Britney runs a marathon. Would this film have been more impactful or inspirational if it had been excellently directed and produced? Yes. Yes. I mean, doesn't that seem kind of snobby? Uh, no. We're, we're talking about a movie because Brittany Forgler, or whatever her real name is, won her marathon, got her acclaim, got her story told. Very inspirational. When they made a movie about her, it was kind of bad. There was real potential for something, for a softball that should have been a home run that was just kind of clipped on its edge and sent in the face of some fat guy in the stands. It was kind of whatever, huh? It was kind of whatever. What'd you think about Britney Runs a Marathon? It really, I kind of feel like the weakest part of the film is the premise. Like this idea that running a marathon is going to be the catalyst for a personal self-transformation is like about the most cliche premise there can be. This movie was never intended to be a home run. This this movie, I think, found what it was supposed to be and just did it. And it's not a bad movie. And actually, Jillian Bell's not that bad an actress. While I didn't like her character, I felt like she was the most grounded and practical and realistic of the other characters, with the possible exception of Mayfair Magpie or whatever her name was. 
but Jaren and Bob and Gretchen. None of them felt real. I mean, this comes back to your whole existential problem with films, that they have to be perfect in order to be good. I think it was appropriately made. I mean, it would it would not have been well made if it was if more money was thrown at it and had more special effects and tracking crane shots or something like that, like that wouldn't have been appropriate for what the story was. I think it was appropriate for the story. Even if it wasn't a comedy, even if it was a dramedy, and, and if we were supposed to be crying at the end, which everyone says they did, everybody read the script and they were crying and that's why they wanted to do it. Even if it was that kind of movie, it just felt like it should have been easier. Anyway, I think that Britney Runs a Marathon was good, and I think that it produces all kinds of drama fodder, even if running itself is very uncinematic. Is so, it weird that, that, that everyone asks, Stephen Colbert and people have asked her, so are you going to run a marathon? And she's like, oh, God, no. That's No, that's not my thing at all. Good luck, Britney, <laughs> but that sounds terrible. Like, dude, that seems weird, right? Aren't you supposed to sell cars? Aren't you supposed to be like, oh, yeah, totally. I could totally see myself just not at this time because I'm preparing for another role. For the marathon cause? No, I don't think so. Um, anything else you want to complain about, Wes? Nope. So that is our review on Amazon original film, Brittany Runs a Marathon. Let us know what you think. Hashtag Wes is a grump. 818-835-0473 or whatevermovies at gmail.com. Also, you can find us on Instagram at or whatever movies. Thank you to our Patreon patrons. We couldn't do it without you. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast Networks include Ruby for Female Empowerment, The Best Business Network, and GPN for Geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts, and... Hear the culture. Electric acid. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.